This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Today on the newscast, does the so-called BRICS coalition mark the beginning of a China-led new world order with the U.S. on the outside looking in? Get all the breaking details next. Folks, Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to the Watchman Newscast. A very important event just wrapped up in Johannesburg, South Africa, that put the United States on notice. Two U.S. adversaries were the main players at this week's three-day BRICS summit, which included five nations overall, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, with China and Russia obviously a problematic alliance from a U.S. perspective. Now, these five nations say their coalition gives greater representation to the developing world and the global south. All told, they represent some 40% of the world's population and more than a quarter of its GDP. Folks, that is a formidable grouping, and it's set to grow. At least 23 other nations have reportedly applied to join BRICS, and this week, the big announcement at the Johannesburg Summit was that six nations have officially been invited to join, with four of them located in the strategic Middle East, Iran, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, and the UAE. The other two nations are Ethiopia and Argentina. Now, the inclusion of China and Russia and potentially Iran could pose some problems for BRICS members like India and Brazil, which would also like to maintain good relations with the West. There's also obviously some pretty diverse ideologies among this group that don't always line up. So it's unclear where this is all heading, but what is clear is that there is a real desire among some powerful and up-and-coming nations to form a new world order where the United States and Europe take a back seat. By the way, the White House was pretty dismissive when asked about the BRICS summit this week. Biden's national security advisor says... He does not see BRICS as a geopolitical rival. But what do you think? I'd love to get your thoughts on BRICS in our comments section. And hey, while you're there, be sure to subscribe and click the notification bell so you get alerts every time a new video is posted here on the channel. Now, BRICS isn't the only powerful non-Western coalition out there. The Shanghai Cooperation Organization was founded by China and Russia in 2001 and also includes India, Pakistan, and Iran, among others. Folks, it's no coincidence that the communist regime in Beijing is heading up this organization and BRICS. China is in the midst of a massive nuclear and military buildup that directly challenges the United States. According to former Reagan administration defense official Frank Gaffney, China poses an unprecedented threat on nearly every level. He's written a new book called The Indictment, that lays out a strategy for holding China's regime accountable. And he joined me recently to talk about it. Take a look. You and I have talked over the years about the gathering threats against America and really the free world. But what we are facing 
in the communist regime in Beijing seems to be at another level of danger. You've written a great new book about it called The Indictment. We're going to break that down in a minute. But first, what makes China such a unique threat today? It's really not a political party or even a government. It's a transnational criminal organization on steroids. And it has been engaged in criminal conduct, first and foremost against its own people. It's killed, I think by conservative estimates, 100 million Chinese and others that it has enslaved. And that does not count, by the way, 400 million that they boast about killing in the womb as part of their population control. Why that's so important is not only that it, it helps you calibrate on the magnitude of the horror of this operation, but also because any regime that treats its own people that horrifically is not going to treat ours better. The other piece that makes the Chinese Communist Party unique in history is that it has been absolutely determined to do whatever it needed to do, and I mean whatever it needed to do, to achieve global dominance. And we have always been the single real impediment to them doing that. So they've had to be at war with us. They've waged it to this point in what is not so much a nonviolent way as a pre-kinetic way, but what's particularly ominous is they now seem to be poised to go to the old-fashioned shooting war kind of conflict. The communist regime in Beijing has its eyes on Taiwan. Look, we have weakness in Washington, D.C. right now in the White House. Do you think that China is seeing that and becoming emboldened and perhaps speeding their timeline up where maybe they would have waited a few years longer to move against Taiwan? Maybe they see a moment of opportunity right now. I'm sorry to say it's worse than that. I think the Chinese Communist Party is intent not only of seizing Taiwan one way or the other, they are determined, I think, to take us down at least a peg, if not completely, in whatever they decide to do against Taiwan. And they are unquestionably emboldened in thinking they can get away with doing that. And the single most important piece of this book, I believe, Eric, we've got nine charges, the, the one about the crimes against humanity, eight others that deal with the various kinds of war crimes that that transnational criminal organization is engaged in against us, the single most important of which is, I believe, the extent to which they have engaged in what they call elite capture, where they have successfully got masters of the universe on Wall Street and other business leaders and academics and the people in the media, most of them, not all, but most of them, as well as, of course, Hollywood. The point of the book is how do we hold the regime in Beijing, the communist regime, accountable? You lay it out in the book, several ways we can do that. How can we hold this regime accountable and start to reclaim lost territory and reestablish deterrence? That's really the crux of the matter, is not only to understand the nature of the threat and to take the kinds of steps that the Chinese themselves have taken to prepare for a conflict, that is to put us on a war footing, but also to root out those elites that have been captured, to rebuild our military, of course, to prepare for future biological warfare attacks against us, to take the sorts of steps, in short, that are practicable and absolutely necessary to diversify our supply chains, to reduce the dangers that we will be subjected in the future 
either to the unrestricted, pre-kinetic kind of warfare, let alone the one we must deter, which is the shooting kind. And many of these elites, Frank, seem to admire the Chinese system. I think of people like Klaus Schwab and the Great Reset crowd, the Chinese social credit system, they would like to duplicate here in the West, which is uh, chilling as well. But tell us more, Frank, before we close about the central theme of the indictment and again, continuing to hold them accountable. Nine charges in this indictment, 20 action steps that we believe the audience and their members of Congress need to be taking now if we are to survive our country, if we are to be able, as Ronald Reagan famously talked about, to pass on to the next generation the obligation to fight for its freedoms in the face of what will be its time's existential threat to them. Frank, you've been at this for a while as a watchman on the wall for this nation, for the United States, working at high levels of the U.S. government, countering national security threats. Is this China threat perhaps the greatest that we have faced since World War II? I think since before World War II, in the course of our history. And here's the point, Eric. I, I was privileged to work for Ronald Reagan, as you know, in the Pentagon at the height of the Cold War with what we thought of as that time's existential threat to freedom. That enormous numbers of nuclear weapons, it was threatening to bury us, it was clearly a menace. I would argue, having lived through that, having contended with it, having helped in a small way Ronald Reagan end that threat, as you said at the outset, a totally different class. It poses truly an existential threat to freedom. And if it is not stopped, and I think that requires taking down the Chinese Communist Party, not trying to figure out how we can live together better. The Chinese have a famous expression, there's only room in heaven for one sun. They see this as a complete, as the political scientists say, zero-sum game. We win, they lose, or vice versa, and they intend to win and have us lose. If the American people are alive to the danger, I think that they will insist upon the kind of course correction that Reagan brought about when Jimmy Carter was leading us down the road of existential threats in that previous era. We have a chance, and I think it starts with this audience, among others, taking aboard hopefully the information in this book and insisting that those who represent us, whether it's in public sector life or private, respond to the peril that we all now face. And if we do, I think we'll get it through this, but at the end of the day, it starts with God's grace, and we must appeal to him and be worthy of it. Frank, thank you for writing it, the indictment uh, for such a time as this with the threat we are facing. Frank Gaffney, thank you for all your great work. Thanks for joining us. We will see you again soon. God bless, my friend. Thanks again to Frank Gaffney for those powerful insights. Folks, again, the book is called The Indictment, and you can pick it up wherever books are sold. Now, if you like that clip and you want to see more like it, be sure to tune in to our weekly Watchmen TV show on TBN. If you love the channel here on YouTube, you'll also love our weekly show, 30 Minutes Solid, every Thursday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Time and Fridays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, exclusively on TBN. We're in Israel, throughout the Middle East, and points beyond throughout the world bringing you the on-the-ground, in-depth story for such a time as this. Perilous times, but 
Bible times, no doubt. Hey, one last quick reminder as well. The Watchman store is now open by popular demand. We've got shirts, hats, mugs, hoodies, and more. Just go to shop.tbn.org forward slash Watchman to help support the channel. We've got some really cool stuff there. Hey, thanks so much for joining us here today on the Watchman Newscast. Until next time, God bless you. And remember, never hold your peace.